Every creature, the Bible said, let every creature, everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Debbie was telling me this last week. She said, said well, you know that I'm looking forward to seeing my dogs in heaven. I said, uh, you're looking forward to seeing dogs in heaven? She said, yes. I said, do you have any scripture for anticipating seeing your dogs in heaven? She said, yes. said, the Bible said, and every living thing in heaven gave him praise and gave him glory. She said, my dogs are living things, so they'll be in heaven. Boy, there's a lot of stretch to that theology, but now she's very adamant about that verse. She'll fight you about that verse. Well, it's true that the Bible tells us that the next event that God has on his calendar is the catching away of the saints. That is the next move. In Greek, it's called parousia, and parousia means caught away or transported from one place to another place. We, we use the word rapture a lot, and those who are opponents of such an event would say, uh, rapture is not a biblical word. Well, that's true. Rapture is not a biblical word, but it is the best word. It is of Latin origin, and it's the best word in the English language to depict what will happen when Jesus comes. Rapture comes from rapio, which literally means to be caught away suddenly or in the act of being caught away. Amen. Rapture is used for other uh, descriptions as well. But we know that when he shall appear, there will be a catching away of the saints. And that kind of rhetoric, when he shall appear, is very biblical. The Bible said, unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And we simply call that event, whether you call it the catching away of the saints or the rapture of the church, the same is as one event. But it is not to be confused with the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ is in Revelation chapter 19 where Jesus is sitting on a white throne. And John said, I saw the heavens open and he that sat upon the white horse was clothed in a vesture that was dipped in blood. And his name was called Faithful and True. And out of his mouth there goeth a sharp sword to smite the nations. And that will be the second coming of Jesus when he will come all the way back to this earth. At the catching away of the saints, what we call the rapture, he will stop somewhere between where he is and where we are now, and we shall be caught away. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17 says, For the Lord himself, not a substitute, not an envoy, not an ambassador, but the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With a shout. Anybody believe in shouting? He shall descend from heaven with a shout. I'm glad the Lord Jesus believes in shouting. What it is, what it is do you think that makes Jesus shout? Heaven doesn't shout because I'm a member of the church. Heaven doesn't shout because I gave him the offering this morning. 
Heaven doesn't shout because I'm preaching this message. Heaven shouts over one thing. And the Bible said there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. You mean when somebody gets saved, heaven all erupts into shouting and praise? Oh, I believe that. I, I believe that George Whitfield and D.L. Moody and, and Jonathan Edwards and all those great preachers, I believe they rejoice. I believe Ray Hughes rejoices today over every person that gets saved. Who do you think is in the presence of the angels? There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repents. Praise God. God places a lot of value on one soul, doesn't he? Amen. There are some who would misconstrue and would misunderstand. Uh, I had a lady call me one time and she said, said uh, you know, Jesus has already come back. I said, you really think so? She said, oh, yeah. And said, you people are, are waiting for something. Said, it's already happened. Said, Jesus came back on the day of Pentecost. And you people thought it was the Holy Ghost. I said, oh, you called me to tell me, straighten me out? I said, listen, ma'am, the rapture of the church has not happened yet. But I'm looking for it. It could happen today. It was not on the day of Pentecost. The Lord sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And that is a separate event from what we're talking about. The Lord will come and he will catch away waiting uh, those who are remaining that after dead have arisen. Well, let me don't go back and pick that up. The Bible said, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Amen. Well, a friend of mine was pastoring a church. He said, he said, well, said y'all's church may go before mine. I said, why is that? He said, well, the Bible said the dead in Christ shall rise first. A little bit of a funny there, but not much of one. The truth is, at the sounding of the trumpet, the Lord comes with a shout, and the Bible said, and the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. The dead in Christ shall rise first. So what that means is we shall not, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, we shall not prevent those who are asleep in Jesus. But at the sound of the trumpet, the Bible said, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. In other words, graves are going to burst open first. First, sleeping saints are going to be resurrected out of their grave. And at that time, they will receive a glorious brand new body like unto his own glorious body. Aren't you thankful for that? Praise God. Aren't you thankful for that? That those sleeping saints who are right now disembodied, there are many who believe that they are unconscious. I don't believe they're unconscious. I believe that they're in the presence of the Lord. I believe that they're alive. I believe they're conscious. I believe they know who they are. I believe they know where they've been and they know where they're going. I believe they're aware and I think they constitute that great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews tells us about who are witnesses to our running the race here. 
Let us run this race because of that great cloud of witnesses, the dead in Christ, those souls and spirits of the righteous dead that are onlookers now as we run this race with patience as it is set before us. So then the righteous dead, I believe, are alive and conscious, amen, in the presence of the Lord. Where the Bible said there's joy and there's bliss and there's pleasure evermore at his right hand. Isn't that great? Well, why in the world would you want to sleep through that? If there's joy in the presence of the Lord, why would he have us in an unconscious state where we couldn't participate in any joy and celebration and praise in his presence? It's fullness. The Bible said in his presence there is fullness of joy and there's pleasure forevermore at his right hand. Oh, blessed be God. That, that I want to be awake for that, don't you? Hope I don't sleep through that. Amen. I understand what they're talking about with soul sleep because so much reference is made to the sleeping saints. In fact, the Bible said Lazarus, when Jesus heard of him and the disciples said, well, he's, he's, he's dead, he's a goner. And Jesus said, no, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. And when Jesus got there, the, the Martha came and she said, Lord, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. He's dead and stinking by now. And Jesus said, if you could just get past your carnality, ma'am, you would see the salvation of the Lord. If you could get past, if you could get past that, that concept you've got, God would help you have a miracle. You could see the salvation of the Lord. And then Jesus just spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. And here he comes walking out of the grave in his grave clothes. And Jesus said, change his clothes. Take those grave clothes off of him. And, and he, he's alive. Praise the Lord. Don't wear dead stuff if you're alive. Don't go around looking like a dead person if you're alive. Amen. Praise God. Don't have that look of death all about you. Praise God. You're the children of the resurrection. You're the children of God. You're the children of light, not the children of darkness. Praise God. We have risen. Amen. Risen indeed. And I love that, that scripture in Romans 8 and 11. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus be in you. Oh, that's a great, great verse. Melody used to laugh at me for saying, in you, in you, if the Spirit is in you. Ooh. Michelle, if it's in you. And here in Alabama, we say, in you. If you got it in you. Do Floridians talk like that, Derek? I don't know if they do that that far down. We, we kind of mess up the language sometimes. If the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus be in you then that same spirit that raised up Jesus, that resurrection that took place, oh, hallelujah, that resurrection that happened when Jesus stepped from the tomb and said, behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I've got the key to death and hell and the grave. If that spirit that raised up Jesus 
is in you. Brother, I hope everybody in this room has that spirit in you this morning. That same spirit that raised up Jesus. If resurrection spirit, if Easter morning spirit be in you, then that same spirit shall quicken, quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Oh, praise God. You mean the spirit is involved in that waking us up and calling us from the grave and come from deadness to life through the power of the Lord Jesus? Wow. Put 2 Corinthians 5 and 1 up there for me. 2 Corinthians 5 and, and 1. That scripture deals with the two choices, two options that, that occur in our life, the two events that happen to us. It is reported commonly there's fornication. That's bad stuff. Not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. That's messed up Corinthians. Next verse. For we know that our earthly house of this tabernacle, if it were dissolved. Now, me and these two guys here do a lot of funerals. We've done so many over the years, probably not enough memory in our banks to re recount all of them. But that happens when an earthly house is dissolved. What is that talking about? Paul calls his body an earthly house, and he calls it a, a tabernacle. In fact, the Holy Spirit moved upon the prophet, and he called it a tent. A tent. You know what a tent is? Did anybody here live in a tent? Nobody lives in a tent. Thank God. Praise God. We're wealthy people here at Harvest. Praise the Lord. Don't any of us live in tents. You know why you don't live in a tent? Because a tent is temporary. A tent won't last long. It's not made to be permanent. There's a group of people that that picture to Jewish people would be very, very lucid. They would have good understanding of that because the Bedouins live in tents. And they're constantly making new tents. They're constantly taking the goat hair and the camel hair and making tents out of it because they're nomadic. You know what that means? They move about. They move about with such frequency that they live in tents. Live in tents. So the prophet called what you're sitting there in today a tent. So when you said we don't live in a tent, that's right on the outward, but on the inward, you live in a tent. And one of the most theological, critical things about that is it's not permanent. Brother, as you look at this house, it's a tent. I'm not here forever. I'm just living in it for a while, praise the Lord, until the trumpet sounds. When the trumpet sounds, I won't live in this tent anymore. Praise the Lord, I'll, I'll move out of this house. And if the Lord tarries, 
if my earthly tabernacle is dissolved, then I'll come out of this house then. And hopefully you'll have a nice, sweet little funeral for me around here and try to think of some nice things to say about me. I told you one time, Debbie said, if they could edit that tape, they need to get that out. That's not good for television. I said, why? What was it? I, I said, praise God for all that matters to me at my funeral. Just get my casket out here and roll it around these aisles a little bit. Amen. Just say if pastor was in a meeting of this church, he'd probably have some kind of event with God that he'd want to move around a little bit. So just shake me around, roll me around at least. Debbie said, that's not fit for television. We won't put that on there. I've got a picture of that. Can you imagine what that'd be like? Y'all rolling me around here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, maybe it's not suitable for television, but it's suitable for me. Amen. Because I know what I mean by that. Because if my earthly tabernacle is dissolved, what can I take solace in? What can I, what, what can I dismiss all the fear and dismiss all the trepidation? How do I do that? Because I've got another house. Had to move out of this one, but I've got another one. Woo! Glory to God. I've got another one, and it's not a tent. It's, it's been made with sacred, divine hands. It's not made with earthly hands, the Bible says. It's made with heavenly. It is a building in the heavens. It's a building of God. It's a house that's not made with hands. It's eternal in the heavens. It's my permanent address. I temporarily live over at 349 Wood Creek Crossing. That's my temporary place. And if God sees fit, I'll move out of that place over there. I'll move out of all of my building up of house and tabernacle and tent and that, all the trappings to make it pretty and make it accommodating, but I'm, I'm on the move. Praise God. I've got another house, another house. When one dissolves, when one becomes unfit any longer for me to live in, we have a building of God, a building of God that is not made with hands. That's made by our heavenly Father. He, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Praise God. Heaven is not heaven because streets are gold. Heaven is not heaven because there are palatial buildings there. Heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. And where Jesus is, that will be heaven for me. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Voice of the archangel, the trump of God. 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us 
that we should be called the sons of God. Oh, what meritous love. What marvelous, all-consuming love the Father has for us that we could be made part of the family of God. The family of God. You know, God had a family one time and it was dissolved. It was dissolved because God passed judgment upon that first family. They had fellowship with God. They had a garden to live in. No sickness, no pain, no sorrow, no heartache, no hurt. Just eternal joy and satisfaction. And how in the world could we be so stupid as to mess that up? We had it, but we lost it. And when we lost Bunyan's book, Paradise Lost, we lost it. God intended for us to live forever. God intended for us to have eternal joy and fellowship in his presence. He had that fixed. It, sin, the Bible said sin came as sin was found in the heart of Lucifer. You know what Lucifer was? All you praise and worship people take notice because he was a praise and worship leader. He was one of the cherubs. I said he was one of the cherubs. He led worship in heaven. Come on, somebody. He was the worship leader. Can you imagine that? In charge of heaven's choir. In charge of all the praise that goes on in heaven. He was, the Bible said, such a beautiful creature that there was none like him. Wow. He ranked up there with Michael and with Gabriel and with all the other angels. But the Bible said sin was found in him. Sin was found in him. And the Bible said that he gathered a group, a third of the angels of heaven, became a part of his rebellion. And he rebelled against God and rebelled against worship and doing what he was doing. And the Bible tells us it was because he wanted to be worshipped. Do you remember when he confronted Jesus in the wilderness? Remember what he said? He said, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. You can have the whole world if you'll just worship me. And Jesus said, no, I'm going to be true to who I am. Hallelujah. Are you at home? Jesus said, I'm going to be true to who I am for it is written. I'm going to go by what is written. I'm going to be, go by how I have gone about this whole thing of creation. I'm not going to give up on what our plan for our people that we've allowed to become part of our family it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Hey, it's been pretty, pretty commonly said at times when the devil likes to bring up your past, uh, remind him of his future. 
You know, he knows his future. The Bible said he knows that the time is short, knowing that their time is short. But the clock is ticking on Lucifer. Because God's plan is that Lucifer will be defeated. God's plan is that as Lucifer leads the armies of the earth in rebellion against God, God will win that battle. And his end result, I'll tell you this right here, his end result is that he will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone forever and forever where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever. So judgment has already been passed upon Lucifer. He is a loser. You know, I scratch my head sometimes and say, why would people listen to somebody that was so stupid that they got kicked out of heaven? Boy, that's, that's quite a thought, isn't it? But God has fixed it. Somebody say fixed it. God fixed the sin problem. I said, God fixed the sin problem. He fixed the sin problem in that he sent his son, the Lord Jesus, who was made to be sin for us, who knew no sin, neither was there any guile that was found in his mouth. That Jesus was made to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that great? Sons of God. We are become the sons of God. 1 John 3, 1. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we have been made the sons of God. Beloved, now that we are become the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. I hadn't seen glorified bodies. Have you, Brother Don? I hadn't seen anybody with a glorified body yet. Don't know... If I know all I think I know about the glorified body, I've preached about it several times here. I know one thing, it's like his. He's the pioneer. He's the captain. He's the one that's gone before us and opened up the way. Glory to God. Has Jesus opened up a way for you? He has opened up the way. The captain of our salvation. The pioneer of our faith. Praise God. He has opened up the way for us. Now that we are become the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know. You see, faith is not a feeling. Faith is a fact. Faith is not an emotion. Faith is a fact. It means taking what God says and make it what you say. It means taking the word of God and obeying it. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, when he shall appear, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall see him as he is. Job said, these eyes shall behold him. Glory be to God. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. Praise God. What a promise we have. Go back to 2 Corinthians 5 and 1. 
are five and two and three. Skip one, all that fornication stuff. My Lord, that's not in this sermon. I hope. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. My house that I'm going to move into is from heaven. Do you see it up there on the screen? From heaven. Next verse. Get your shouting shoes on. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. That we wouldn't be able to participate in the resurrection. Next, next verse. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. While I'm in my temporary house, my old bones gets to aching sometimes and I groan. Sometimes my back gets out of whack and I groan. Sometimes I get a headache and I groan. Sometimes I fall and hit my shoulder and groan. We groan. Why is it? Because we realize that this is not, not what we really want and what we think God has. Look at, look at what he says. We do groan being burdened, not for that which we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Swallowed up. Where do, where do you hear those words from? Where'd that come from? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. Gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus. Death, the Bible said, is swallowed up in victory. Swallowed up. Why? That we might be swallowed up of life. Not swallowed up by death, but swallowed up by life. Praise God. Next verse. Man, I'm loving this, aren't you? Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. See, my home that I'm going to, I've already put something down on it. I think it's called earnest money. Woo, somebody needs to shout. I've already got some earnest placed on that house that I'm going to have. In fact, I'm so looking forward to moving into that house that sometimes I long to move, Brother Mark. Sometimes I get anxious about that house, that house where Brother and Sister Stanford are today. They've got their house. For all those years, they labored and they placed earnest on that house. But thanks be to God, now they have a house. Glory to God. He hath wrought for us the self thing, same thing as God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. In other words, you got the Spirit of God in you because that Spirit of God that is in you is earnest 
down payment for that future home and that future existence that you have. And every time you come to church and every time you offer a praise and every time you dance a little jig and celebrate the greatness of God, you're putting more and more earnest into what you hope one day will be permanent. Because as you look at this old house, you see a house that's decaying. Though the outward man decays and perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day by the Spirit. And every day with the Holy Spirit in me is earnest on what I'm expecting to have in the kingdom of God to come. Oh, saints of God, be not weary in well-doing. There's a crown of life. There's a crown of righteousness. There's a crown of glory that God has reserved for all of those that live for Him, that know Him, that have fellowship with Him, that are in relationship with Him, that know the power, that know the love, know the grace, know the mercy, know the kindness of God. And all of that is earnest, earnest that you put down on what God has for us in the future. Well, somebody praise the Lord in this house. Sit down, I got some more. Next verse. Therefore. Why is that therefore, therefore? Being as I've already invested in my future. Being as I've already sent my sins on before. They'll not trail after me into judgment they're sent on before. Jesus took care of it all. Jesus paid it all for me. All to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain but he washed it white as snow. I've already through the grace of God and the power of Jesus' blood received forgiveness of sin. And I'm on my way to my future that God has in store. And I'm laying up in store. I'm putting more earnest every day. And one day I'll have more over there than I've got over here. And one day I'll leave this old place. And don't you feel sorry for me. You rejoice and praise God and say thank God. That old brother finally went on to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. And every day I'm putting earnest down on that. Therefore, we're confident, not shaken and fearful and frightened and frustrated and upset. Hey, take courage, folks. This is temporary. I said, take courage. This is temporary. No matter what Satan throws at you no matter what he puts in your path. Praise God, it's temporary. Temporary. Therefore, we are always confident. Oh, God, help us to be confident. Knowing that there's faith again. Knowing that whilst we are at home in our temporary house, we are absent from the Lord. Oh, praise God. All I can have right now is those momentary encounters with him we're having one this morning i love those encounters with him mark i love those mountaintop experiences when i get on the mountaintop when the praise comes wafted on the wings of morning 
when the worship is just easy and when you just feel like you just got your elbows on God's knees and you're looking right into his face and you're enjoying his presence and the spirit is flowing and reciprocating back and forth. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, that's great, great experience. And it feeds our spirit man and helps us. We're confident knowing that while we're at home, we're absent from the Lord. But the time comes when I have to go get in my car and go back home and listen to the news. And there's thousands of dead people over in Turkey and anticipating more. A tsunami wipes out 300,000 people in one part of the world and in the other part of the world in Japan, another tsunami that wiped out the whole town. Hundreds of thousands of people die. If in this life we had hope in Christ, we would be of all men most miserable. Brother, if you're staking it all on this temporary, then you're in for a bad time. If you're building all of your hopes and all of your dreams upon this temporary, brother, you need to quit putting and installing installments and investing in the temporary because there will come a time when it will change, come a time when it won't work anymore. I'm telling you today, God's got an alternative. God's got an alternative. If my trust was in government, if my trust was in Scientology, if my trust was in the economy, if my trust was in the military, if my trust was in the different things that are going on, bills and legislation in the Capitol, brother, I'd be shaking in my boots today. I said, if that's where my security was, if that's where my confidence was, but my confidence up yonder says, I am always confident. Praise God, I quit having confidence in things that are unstable a long time ago. I quit investing in things that were shaky and without foundation, amen, long time ago. I've learned to be confident about this one thing. That he who hath begun a work in you will not quit and will not take his hand off of you until he has completed that which was begun in you. Whatever journey that you're on, God is committed to you. Whatever plan God has for you, God is committed to you. Whatever you feel like is a calling or an unction from God, then God will take care of you. God is for you, not against you. God is for you, not against you. And he's committed, I'm going to get her to the finish line. I'm going to get him to the finish line. I may have to put him on my back and carry him to get him there, but I'm committed to this one thing. I'm going to get him to the finish line. 
We are confident of this one thing that God won't quit until he finishes. I'm glad God won't quit. Isn't that great? God will not quit. While I'm in this body, I'm absent from the Lord. Every now and then through the Holy Spirit, I get to be with the Lord. But then I have to come back down the mountain. Next verse. Boy, you get your shouting shoes on now. Them, them running ones that you got. For we walk by faith and not by sight. You know the danger of walking by sight? Brother, it can tear you all to pieces. When you look and see. When you start looking at other people, sometimes your faith will get shaken. And if you're looking at other people and depending on them to get you to your permanent house, you better watch out. Your faith doesn't need to ride the coattails of any preacher either. You need to have confidence in the Lord Jesus who saved you. Have confidence in the God who made you. Have confidence in the one that's got a plan for your life that said, I'll not quit on you. I'll go all the way with you. And we walk by faith, not by sight. Walking by sight will make you fearful like Don was telling right here today. What you're watching, what you're hearing, and what you're seeing. Brother Jerry, you know that they've got the mark of the beast out. Now it's already out. I'm just telling you right now, people better better watch because they take that stuff, they're, they're doomed, you know. I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to let the devices that Satan puts together and concocts to use against people of faith, I refuse to fall for his schemes. I refuse to fall for his devices. God hath not given us a spirit of, but of power and love and of a sound mind. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. What is faith? Faith is something I know. I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he will keep what I have committed unto him against that day. And when he said, I'm going to get you to the finish line, I won't quit on you. I'm committed to you. I said, well, if you're going to commit to me, God, then I'm going to commit to you. And nothing that the devil will put together to scare me is going to work. Nothing that the devil that shall devise against me will prosper. You said in your word that no weapon that the enemy fashions against me would prosper. I take you, oh God, at your word. And I commit myself to your keeping. What would you say today if... Yeah, somebody, how you doing? He said, committed. Somebody might say, yeah, you ought to be committed. 
For we walk by faith, not by sight. Next verse. We are confident, I say. Con boy, it must be important that you be confident because we keep seeing it over and over. This message wasn't supposed to be about confident, but brother, it sure has taken over, hasn't it? We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent, rather than to be absent from the Lord in this body. We're confident. We're more willing to be, rather willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Oh, what's that tell me? That tells me that the one thing that God designed for me and purposed for my life is going to bring me to the permanent presence of Almighty God. Luke said, neither can they die anymore. And they shall be the children of God being the children of the resurrection. Equal to the angels. Is that in that verse also? They shall be equal to the angels being the children of God and the children of the resurrection. Whoa, praise God. Did you hear that? That God has such a wonderful future for every one of us. Praise God. No more heartaches, pain or sorrow. Oh, I know I would not miss it for the world. Is there something you wouldn't miss for the world? I'll tell you. Little lady used to sit. She was at this church. She'd sit right here. Her name is Mama Wooten. And she used to testify, and this was what she'd say, Joel. She said, Brother Irwin, if we miss heaven, we're ruined. Now, I don't know what theologically you can do with the term rent. You'd probably have to live in Alabama to know what rent means. Brother, if we miss heaven, if we miss God's future, we're so close to the end, folks. We can't stop now. We can't get lethargic now. We can't get unstable and inconsistent now. Boy, this is the time we ought to be at the height of our spiritual awareness. At this, there's something we theologians call a literary device. And it's when they, they, a writer would use the same phrase over and over, an abstract as it is called. When you would, when, would use that, Paul uses that several times. He said, know ye not that you are the children of God. Know ye not that his blood hath redeemed you. Know ye not that, and the last know ye not, he says, Know ye not that all of these things must be. All these things must be. What are you talking about? He said, when you see all of these things that must be, when you see them, don't say, oh, God, what am I going to do? Lift up your head and say, praise the Lord. Rejoice. Lift up your head and rejoice. What reason do I have to rejoice when I see all these things around me? Lord, if I'm walking beside, I'm going to turn and run somewhere. But if I'm walking by faith, I'm going to lift my head 
and I'm going to rejoice and say, thank you, God, bless your name. Well, Brother Jerry, do you know they got a chip now they can put in you and satellites can see you from up there and get all this information off of you? Pardon me just a minute. Thank you, God. Bless your name. Holy Spirit, I, I praise you today. What are you, crazy? No, I'm not crazy. I'm just obeying the word of God. It said rejoice when you see these things, when you hear these things. Don't get upset and run to hide. Hey, step up and hold your head up and say, thank God, we're almost home, folks. Blessed be God, this thing's coming to a head. Praise God, he's bringing us always right back into where we need to be, walking by faith. Amen. Well, praise God, we're confident, willing rather to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Next verse. Come on, Olivia, while they're getting it for me, help me stop. Wherefore we labor, that whether we're present or whether we're absent, either way around, if I'm present with you and absent from the Lord, or if I'm absent from you and present with the Lord, whether I'm absent or whether I'm present, the one thing that's important is that I be approved. That I please Him. That I've done His will. That I've obeyed His voice. Oh, I feel God in this house. That I've done what He led me into. I've followed Him and He's led me. I'm dwelling in the house and goodness and mercy is following me. I'm absent from the Lord. I'm present with you, but I'm absent from the Lord. But one day, this house, this house will dissolve. One day, this house will take the little device and say, sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. But then it's going to reverse, and I'll be absent from you, and I'll be present with the Lord. Glory to God. Oh, I love this. Wherefore, we labor. We work for God. We're laborers together with God. Whether we're working in this venue or we're working in the other, that we may be accepted. The most important thing is that we please him who has called us. Next verse. For we must all appear. All appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to all that he hath done. Whether it be good or whether it be bad. Woo. Better watch out. Better not cry. Better not be outside his will. Everyone may receive the things done according to that he hath done, what, whether it be good or bad. Oh, Lord Jesus. That means that my responsibility is to, for me. I can't go for you. I can't stand there, Marie, for anybody else but Jerry Irwin. I can't stand in like we do in prayer for people. I can't stand in for anybody. I can't stand in for Don, my good friend. I can't stand in for him. He can't stand in for me. 
You can't stand in for your children. No one can stand in for anybody else. It's me. I, every one of us, must appear. Brother, on that day, of all days, I've told you a lot of times, I may not hear him say, well done. But Larry, I sure want to hear him say, well tried. Well tried. What about you today? Knowing all the things I've reminded you of, and you see one day, not the judge in the courtroom, not an officer, but I've got to stand before God. No earthly person, God, the one who made me, the one who sent his son to die for me, the one who gave me every chance in the world. Come on, somebody. Appear to the judgment. Everyone may receive, may receive a reward, whether it be good or whether it be bad. You know, the one good thing about where we are right now in time is you've still got some. Stand with me all over this house. You've still got some. You've still got some. You know what that means? That means if you seek for him, you can find him. If you ask, you can receive. If you want the Lord Jesus, he's waiting today for you to simply say, Lord, I want you to come into my heart. I don't want to go unprepared to that meeting that I've got with you one day. I don't want to go to that meeting without knowing that I've done the things that are necessary to go to that meeting with confidence. It's important to me that I have confidence that I'm ready for that meeting. Ready for that meeting. Ready for that confrontation with God. Oh my goodness. That's hard for my mind, Sam, to wrap around that fact of the billions and billions of people that have populated the earth that one day every one of them will stand. Wow. Well, Pastor, what about this? What about that? Unto him that hath much, much is required. Unto him that hath little, little is required. You get that? The light that we walk in, he that hath a lot of light, he has a lot of responsibility. He that has little light, the responsibility is dependent upon the severity of the situation. There's a judge of all, and there's a God who cares, understands. And I used to sing a song, I want to be ready to meet him in glory land. We used to sing one. My daddy refused to sing it like it was written. He said, I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl. 
seeking my record bright, watching both day and night. I'm getting ready. My daddy wouldn't sing it like that. He'd sing it like this. I am ready to leave this world. <laughs> he said, I don't have any if in there. I've got that fixed today. I don't have to pray another prayer. I don't have to go do another thing. I don't have to run somebody down to get forgiveness. He said, I'm ready right now. Praise God. Even so come Lord Jesus. Hey, can you say that? Even so come Lord Jesus. No, Brother Jerry, I got to go, go see some folks before I can say, come on, Jesus. Well, listen, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you, whatever you need to do to get ready for that meeting, be sure you do it quickly. Be sure you do it quickly. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask you, are you sure that you're sure that you're sure that everything between you and God is all right, that there's not a sin, there's not a habit, there's nothing between you and God, and you're ready to meet Him right now. Are you sure? If you're not sure and you can't say that with full confidence, I want you to come down here and stand beside me. I don't mean to embarrass you. I just want to say, I want to pray a prayer, and I want to believe God because I want you to be ready. I, I, I'm afraid of the thought of someone leaving here today when that's not ready. I want you to be ready. If you want to be ready, you can be. Step out right now. If you want to come, I won't embarrass you, I promise. I want to be ready. I want to be sure that I'm ready. Anyone else? I want to be sure. Praise God. I want to be sure. Want to be absolutely sure. Want to be absolutely sure. What an honest man. Anyone else? that would say, Brother Irwin, I want to really be sure. I want to really be sure. There's some of you standing there. You need to come up here. I know. I know. And God sent me here with this message today to preach to you. I know. It's your move. Are you hearing what the Spirit's saying? It's your move. It's your move. Oh, it is. We, we really need to know and be confident, like Pastor says, that we're ready. If the Lord called us now, if you have any doubts, because I've, I've been under attacks by the adversary. I've had, had sin in my life. I've come back to the Lord, but I really have been seeking him. I really need to be confident. So I, I pray, come down. If you, if you have any doubts at all, come down and, and let the let the this good man put his hands on you and bless you and pray with you in jesus name in jesus name thank you god for this precious man that's come this morning and said i've come back to the lord and i found him to be faithful and i found him to be loving and kind i ask oh lord jesus that you would touch my brother let the peace of God that passes all understanding, the joy that is unspeakable, that's full of glory, God, would you touch him with that kind of grace and that kind of love and embrace him, O oh God. Help him, O oh Lord, right now and be confident of this one thing that God has committed to him, that he'll not take his hand off of him until he gets him to where he has purposed to deliver him. 
I praise you for that, God. I glorify you. I give you honor and praise for your great ability to lift us and give us confidence. We give you great praise for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would every one of you join us with a hand clap of praise and worship today? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is Eric in this house? I asked him to come this morning. Do you know if he's here, Don? Eric Motes, do you know if he's here? I wanted to pray for Marie this morning. Gretchen went over to sit with him, I think, with Marie while he could come to church. I don't see him. I felt like if I could pray for him this morning, that it would be important. Would you join me right now in prayer for Marie Motes, a blessed sister that all of her life spent right here in this church. She needs help from the Lord today. Will you pray with me? God, in Jesus' name, I ask you right now to move upon Marie Motes. God, you're a, a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. You're a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask and all that we think. You're a God who has infinite power. Your power, O oh Lord, to redeem your outstretched arm, your mighty hand, your gracious heart. Now I ask you, O oh God, to extend the virtue, the healing virtue that was provided for us at Calvary's cross. For by his stripes we are healed. And your word said, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. God, we pray this morning, God, that you would touch Marie Motes. Thank you, God, for touching others. Thank you, God, for your healing power that delivers us from that grip that holds us in this old world. Oh, God, we're so weary with the things in this old world. We long to go home to be with you. We pray, oh, God, in Jesus' name that you let the, the wonderful peace of God rest upon this congregation. And I pray that everyone will leave here today, oh, God, knowing in their heart that everything is all right between me and God. I'm ready to stand before him. I'm ready to meet him. God, I pray that you bless us as we depart. Go with us to our homes and our families and give us great grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.